You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. At heart is the ESPN at Gordon Damon at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. The bottom of the hour, we'll head out to the ballparks. We're here from Buck Walter. We're here from Aaron Boone. Remember, you can hear from Aaron Boone tomorrow on the Michael K Show at 4 o'clock. He's going to be a very happy man, Gordon. Oh, he's going to be just living it up. Tomorrow will be a little bit of an easier conversation. Yes. yes. Some of the more recent ones. Uh, yes, absolutely. Maybe he, can, maybe he can get, maybe one of the questions for tomorrow is what uh, would he say to uh, Robert Sala about mm. keeping receipts? Has he ever wanted to say something similar to I've got the receipts? I, I don't remember him ever saying anything like that. I'm sure he has said something in that vein, but not to that extreme about shoving things down their throats. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not like that. <laughs> I think he said it with some softer language, but I'm sure that there has to have been times where Aaron Boone has been like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to prove it. You, you know, all you naysayers. So, and he's been around five years managing the Yankees is like dog years, man. <laughs> he's been around 12 years. Yeah, it's been around a long time. He's been around, he's been around a long time. But you know what, Gordon? I bet you there has not been a manager or a coach College, professional, Biddy, <laughs> uh, Pop Warner, who hasn't had an attitude, just came in like, I'm just sick of hearing this nonsense and frustration because, you know, your team is not playing well and there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you and you have no answers. And so it's just, it's the art of knowing what to say and how to say it. And unfortunately, you know, we expect that. Gordon, from we expect that from from the managers and the coaches and the leaders of the team. But I know there's been, I there's got to be a bunch of them that would tell you, oh man, that boy when this guy, as soon as this guy walked in here to to start to ask me a question, I knew I knew I was going to hit the roof. <laughs> I knew it's got to be a bunch of them. Oh, I mean, think about it. you know as hard as it is for the Jets and how bad it's been for the Jets. They only play 16, 17 games a year. That's right. Aaron Boone's done that two and a half weeks. And he's four games, after games, Mm -hmm. the weekly spots, this spot, that spot, all the different networks, everything else. So, yeah, I'm sure there's been – every once in a while, Cashman will get a little testy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every little once in a while. But I don't think the Boone is – I mean, he's obviously pounded the table and all that Mm -hmm. type of stuff. But that wasn't directed at anybody. No. I think the closest thing with Boone was – about about blowing the lead. Well, you'll have something to write about, won't you? I mean, something like that. <laughs> right, right. I think that's probably... He's been holding on to that one for a little while. Put some stank on that one. Yeah, probably. That's probably the closest that I can yeah. remember yeah. of him, uh, you know, coming up with, you know, because, listen, and once again, you mentioned Salah just talking, you know, every day. But Boone talks two, three oh, times a day. Every day. <laughs> every Before day. games, after games. I mean, the amount of conversations that that guy, you know, interviews oh. that that guy does... I mean, oh, it's amazing. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he well, does look, it. Well, he's, look, he's, he gets compensated quite well. He's, he's doing he does. Right. You know he what's does. weird to me, though? Hmm. I know. You know. You ever hear of this thing called Cameo? Yes. It's an app where you can reach out to celebrities for a price, and they will, like, record a personal message for you. Yes. Aaron Boone, I don't know if he still is, but at one time he was on Cameo. And I'm thinking to myself, really? this guy doesn't have anything else to do. Why is he doing these Cameos during the season? 
Uh, what time is he? He's getting to the ballpark super early. I mean, for a 7 o'clock game, he's probably there 1, 2 o'clock. Yeah. He's probably there till midnight every night. What is he, exactly. driving home, doing yeah, cameos home doing for cameos. 300 bucks a pop? Absolutely. I mean, I think that was up. very... Does he really... Uh, maybe he does it for charity. I don't know. I don't want to criticize, Could but... Could be. I, you know, do you, do you really need to do cameos when you're the Yankee manager? How much is he said? I, I thought it was 300 bucks <laughs> a pop. I'll find out. Yeah, let, and let me know. <laughs> we could do one together. Right, yeah. <laughs> Chip in together. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, <laughs> grandkids got to go to college. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> well, ours will not be getting 300, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll not even slight, together. Slightly less, discounted. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll come to your house for five bucks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and not early either. No, no, not early. <laughs> not early, middle of the day. All right, Gordon, now it's time for a little football. And, of course, it is, we're on to Cleveland and we're on to Carolina for both the local uh, football teams. We'll start with the Jets. Robert Sala has made the announcement that Joe Flacco will start. And here's what Robert Sala had to say about Flacco's week one performance. When you look back at the game, when he had a clean pocket, he's very, very efficient. Part of the clean pocket is the offensive line's responsibility to give it to him and for him to just deliver the ball where it needs to and get off of a certain reads. It was a bunch of different things. I thought he handled the huddle well. The procedure was good. Everything was fine. We just stalled in the sense of when the pocket collapsed, whether or not he can get it to his check down fast enough. Just little things that were just a little bit off, especially in that first half. But there was, it was more than just him. Like I said, there's the O-line, there's route running, there's their drop passes, fumbles, that stuff drive there's a comedy of errors that just led to what looked like a bad performance by him now it wasn't the best performance but i think he's uh, it wasn't as bad as people think it was both times when the pocket was clear uh, Gordon. I mean, that's what we're talking i mean when how many times do you expect the pocket to be clean on sunday uh, I don't think it's going to be clean very often unless I they make some so major either. adjustments but we'll see yeah. maybe they got something up their sleeve robert sala wanted to make this very clear gordon this is not the same old Jets. I think everyone in the locker room, including the coaching staff, knows how we all feel about one another and how much confidence we have in one another. And my words, my display of emotion, which I do my best to control up here, is that I've got conviction over it. And, you know, this is not the same old Jets. But until we win, until we prove it, which is on us as coaches and on us as players, the shots will keep on coming. And so we welcome them, keep bringing them. It's not going to change our mission, and that's to bring this organization and this fan base a winner. All right. So for me, Gordon, here's the most important thing. And you kind of touched on it earlier this week. It's not, with all due respect to the fans, it's not how the fans take what he says. It's not how the media takes what he says. Gordon, it's how those guys in the locker room takes what he says. And if they look at him as, damn, he he still believes in us, and we went out and we played like straight garbage on Sunday, especially offensively. Then we really need to pick it up because for me, uh, while I don't really agree with what he said and how he said it, Gordon, this was this was more for his team. This was more for the fact that they didn't come out ready to play. And you could see that they weren't ready to play at all. The offensive line was awful. I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't even basic block. And so I'm very curious, and I think this game will tell us a lot. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson made the comment earlier that they're not fighting, they're not buying Salah. He's lost them. We'll find out. We'll find out just how what they think about their head coach uh, starting on Sunday. 
If I had a dollar, Larry, for every time I heard that these are not the same old Jets, I would have enough money to hire Jeff Bezos to be my butler. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been hearing this is not the same old Jets. This is not the same old Jets. This is not the same old Jets. But you know what is the same old? The record. The the fact that you have gone now, uh, this is going to be year almost certainly 12 where you've not made the playoffs. And again, the progress at this point, this is the easy progress to go from two wins to four wins to six or seven or eight wins. That's the easy part. The hard part of improvement is going from eight wins to 10 wins and climbing that mountain. The further you go up to get from 10 wins to 12 wins, that's really hard. This should be the part where, you know, you start to see the progress right away. You're coming from, by their own admission, what was an expansion level team type talent. So you should start to be able to sit. Now, again, Sunday's just one game. It is with the backup quarterback. Nobody expected you to win that game. But you got to start to show me where the progress is. Don't tell me where the progress is. Show me where the progress is. Now, you saw some progress with the defense on Sunday for a half. But, again, you like to start to see a little bit more progress than one half of one part of the football team. The kicking game was terrible, and the offense was abysmal. Quentin Williams, he weighs in on the defense's performance Sunday. The good is better than the bad. A lot of good plays, a lot of dominant plays that we had. We just got to finish out, man. We got to be more consistent. We got to be more disciplined um, in our rush lanes and our uh, covering and different stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like we had the skill sets and the attributes and the different things in the scheme to uh, be a dominant defense in this NFL. So, All right, Quentin. So how do you bounce back from a loss? Losing, man, it puts a bad mood in everybody, a bad taste in everybody's mouth, man. But in a day, we got to move on. And uh, in a day, we got to correct and take the constructive criticism that the coaches and each other have for us, man. Learn from what we do, man. Because um, I always believe, I always preach, and uh, defensive line, I always preach in the defensive room. Like, everybody going to make mistakes, man. We humans, man. We're not perfect, man. But don't make the same mistake twice. And that's the biggest thing about being in the NFL, man. You get beat making the same mistake twice, week in and week out. So, well, he's right about that, Gordon, and and you have to learn from your mistakes. And so, once again, it's going to be about how this team performs against the Cleveland team that they should be competitive against if they play their best. Well, look, Cleveland won eight games last year. They are playing with their backup quarterback. This should be a game that you compete in. This should not be a, this should not be a blowout game. This should not look anything like last Sunday. This is not the type of team that you should be losing to by double digits. You should be in this game for the majority of the game. Now, I'm not saying you have to win the game, but it's a winnable kind of game. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about not wanting to go September without winning a game again, this is the chance for you to do that this Sunday. Yep, you're right. There's no question about it. Chris is in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hello, can you hear me? We got you, Chris. Hey, how's everything, Larry? How's everything, Gordon? Uh, as Ice Cube once said, today was a good day. All right. Uh, first, I talked to my brother, Trey, uh, Chef Trey in Brooklyn, Texas. Uh, then, actually, Trey and I were just up in this situation with Rich Semini. So, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Rich Semini probably about 20, 25 minutes ago. Um, one. How do you think the Jets come out of Cleveland with a 24-19 victory? Two, 
What are, what are the keys to said victory? Three, what do you think? A victory in Cleveland, regardless of the score, what do you think that it will do for the Jet organization? Robert Sala, coaching staff, players, fan base at all. Um. All right. For for Salah, I just think what it does is it, it it's it's something they need. They need wins. Okay, and to get a win on the road against a, a team against the Cleveland team, listen to get a win in September is a big thing. The Jets don't exactly get off to great starts in September, so they need okay. they need a win. So so that's the first thing. Twenty four points, Chris. If they're getting twenty four points, then they've made some major adjustments on the offensive line, or Flacco was out and Mike White was in, or something. But you know, defensively, I think they'll be okay because of what I saw last week. Uh, but Gordon, if they're going to get 24 points, then then something's got to change because the way they played court, uh, offense last week, it, 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 I don't see 24 points. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you need uh, different uh, personnel groupings? Possibly. I mean, obviously, you're going to need uh, you're going to have to be better in pass pro. Okay. And one of the things that you know I brought up was, and, and I've said this, you know, uh, possibly the usage of CJ Ozama. Uh, um, uh, obviously, you know, a little bit more usage of uh, Garrett Wilson. You know, then then you cannot run the ball 16 times. Now, I would like – and I, I keep saying this to Trey. And I want somebody to tell me that Joe Flacco's a statue. Oh, really? That's like telling me water's wet. Don't don't sit up here and tell me that you brought Joe Flacco up in here because because you really thought he had mobility. Oh, and excuse me, yeah, as you get older, some things will decrease, which would mean, okay, let's not try to reinforce the fact that yeah, we know he's a statue. So if you got a statue, because I've seen statuesque quarterbacks in the NFL before, he's not the first one. There are a couple playing right now. Matter of fact, there was another statuesque quarterback who commented on the fact that, okay, mm-hmm. behind a porous offensive line, we're going to throw 59 times, which means you need to use your run game a little bit more. That's all. I'll let y'all go. Go ahead, Gordon. Jump on me, baby. Well, look, I mean, they have to come out with some energy. I mean, that would be nice to start the game with energy, like you actually know that there's a game going to be played because they looked like they were flat from the jump on on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, they have to stick with the run. You know, they got down 17-3 on Sunday, and they just kind of give up on it. And they said, you know what? Our best way to get back in this game is with Joe Flacco just flinging the ball all over the place. And, And I would say, you know, if you have to get to 24 points, I would think that... The defense might have to score, right? Yeah. I mean, the defense, we were talking Teams. about these corners and, and how good they are against the backup quarterback. How about a turnover and turn it into some points? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there, there's certainly going to be some opportunity. You know, Jacoby Bursett is not exactly uh, a superstar quarterback. And the Browns are not exactly a superstar team. They were 8-9 and nine last year. Yeah. Now, if they were playing with Deshaun Watson, I'd say, okay, right, the Browns, obviously, they have a major edge at quarterback because you got your backup. They got their backup. Mm-hmm. And they won eight games last year. So that I know it's on the road, but that's a winnable that should be a winnable game for the Jets. There's no question. There's no question about it. It should be. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More of your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Very very simple reason why. 
it's because Joe Judge didn't come from a from a team, Gordon, that that was that played in a rule changing game as Buffalo and Kansas City did in the playoffs last year. So he comes in with automatic credibility. Well, I mean, I think it comes back to what we were talking about with the Jets. You know, like, well, they need a win. They need the, they need proof. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me you're not the same old Jets, you actually need to actually show me some proof that you're not the same old Jets. And right out of the box, Brian Dable got some proof that, you know what, I know what I'm doing. Look at what I – you have to get a win, right? It's all well and good to talk about in theory or, you know, well, no, down the road we're going to be better. He got He got shown right there and then going for two, putting it on the line, getting the job done, that they, they were, you know, that his way is the right way. So I think for a guy like Kadarius Tony, who seems like maybe he's having a little trouble buying in, not being on the field, he, he the, the message is going to be sent to guys that, you know what, we're doing this a certain way and it's the right way. And if you want to be here, this is the way we're going to do it. So I think the Jets need some proof and it's good that the Giants got some right out of the box. And maybe, who knows, maybe this that win can get them rolling here in the, the beginning of the season and they could actually have a season that's not over by Halloween. But on the other side of it, Gordon... If they lose to Carolina Sunday, oh, you're right back. Absolutely, you're right back to where you. <laughs> Absolutely, no, of right course, back to where you were. of course. It's like, it's like you lost to Carolina, right? Uh, you no, know, you, you'll be right back, and it'll be well. You know, they they really shouldn't have won that game. You know, exactly, yeah, exactly. The right? They the were field goal. They gave, they got the interception in the end. So it'll be all that again. I know, of course, but it's, it's the ultimate switch. But the bottom line here is, hey, listen, they they've done something that they have not done in a couple of years. And that was find a way to get a win on the road early in the season. That that that's that's a good thing. And you can't give it back, Gordon, nor do you want to. That's think, your win. You've earned it. Think about last year. They had those three games, the Giants. They had the Bronco game. They had the Falcon game. And they had the Washington game. And they could have won any of those three games. They didn't win any of those games. And the mm-hmm. season was spiraling out of control already. Yeah. The football right. season, man, you can have a bad month. In the baseball season, you can have a bad month in the NBA. You can't have a bad month in the NFL. You no. have a bad month. You You're better done. start getting the resume ready. Absolutely. So You're it's done. good that they got that win to start things out. Uh, back to the phones. Paul's in Queens. What's up, Paul? Hey, Larry. Gordon, how you doing? Hey, Listen, Paul. Larry, talk about uh, the giant head coach. He was in the Jet building. Yeah, he was. Candidate. Yep. Yeah, he was. And he was given up for Robert Sala. You know what? Let, let me tell you one thing, guys. You know, this backlashing on Salah. I think Rich Samini's latest podcast made a lot of sense about Salah. The problem with the fan base is they want results. Salah, you know, Robert Salah comes off as like always a positive guy with no, Gordon, you can relate to this, no on-field results. And that is what infuriates this fan base, that he's, you know, we're building and then he makes these comments that are like, you know, Two years in a row, last year, you know, responding to Rex Ryan and this year with the receipts, kind of infuriates the fan base more. Look, it, it, this organization, come on, Larry, you've been, you've been, I've been hearing you for so many years, you know, even when you were, you know, on, on, you know, on, on, the, on the radio doing the games on, on the sidelines. I mean, come on. One thing about this organization, guys, as you know, it's disorganized. You fire, you, you fire the general manager, you hire a head coach, back and forth. You, there's always one, you know, you know, you know, vital position always defleted on that team. That they don't have either their tackle. We don't have linebackers. We don't have wide receivers. We this fan base is going to give up. Look at the callers, the season ticket holders. 
You know, I used to be a season ticket holder, and I got tired of why. Of, 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 what are you going to give me a rally towel every time for what? For a team that doesn't produce. The only time that this organization has some valid proof is when they had strong head coaches who had either an offensive mind, defensive mind, and you know it doesn't exist. And and, and if you really look at go listen to Richie's you know uh, podcast, and it'll make a lot of sense about you know how you know how you know you're the Robert Sala. Unfortunately, it's bad timing. I think that his type of, you know, way he wants to develop a team is not for New York, guys. Have a great night. Thank you for your time. All right, Paul. Thanks for the phone call. Here's the bottom line. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you do. It's about results. Sports is in the results. It's like everything else. It's a results business. He can tell you in theory what he's trying to do, and I get it. This is what we're trying to do. This is what we want to do. His job is to tell the fans what's going on. Fans don't care. They just want to see what happens on the football field. And that's why he needs to string some wins together, which is why for me, Gordon, it, it's so interesting. And I've been asking this to a bunch of folks that I've been talking to, and, and it's driving me crazy. If Mike White is a better candidate to start at quarterback than Joe Flacco, okay? A head coach that needs wins, he's going to start. Mike White, this can't be his decision, Gordon. Gordon, logically, it can't be. If you're, if I'm a head coach and I'm watching this and after last week I see what happened with the offensive line and there's a possibility the offensive line is not going to be fixed Sunday also and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to put the same guy whom I can't roll out, whom there's things I can't do with him, that I could do with the other quarterback, and I'm starting this guy, Gordon, it doesn't make any sense. No, it can't be. I would not think that that's just a a Robert Sala decision. I think that's probably an organizational decision that they want to stick with with Flacco. I mean, it can't be. I need wins as a head coach, Gordon. Gordon, as a head coach, I got to win games. I just stuck my neck out. I'm being backlashed by everybody, fans, media, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> my family's not talking to me right now, okay? <laughs> and I got to and I got to start the same guy. That that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. It just does it to me. Well, I to mean, me. unless unless unless, unless, you, unless they're seeing something in practice, Gordon, that we're not seeing. No, I mean, unless you're going to actually have a completely different game plan where Joe Flacco, you're going to win the game with Joe Flacco, but you ain't going to win the game because of Joe Flacco. So if you're down 17-3, you cannot give up on the running game. You cannot start throwing the ball everywhere. You're not, that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help you keep it close. Nope, it isn't. You're right and, about that. And the one thing about Salah, we're saying, you know, he has to have some proof. The nice thing is, he doesn't need a lot of proof. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're asking, well, you got, it, it, there's a list of things and you got to do all seven of these things. We're just like, can you j- just give us something? Because I'm telling you right now, Jet fans are so starved, so dying of thirst for anything positive. If you just give them a little bit, a little bit of proof, it will go a long way with them. But you got to give them something. And on Sunday, they didn't give you anything. And they've been through this movie before. They've, they've watched this movie a thousand times before. It's like Groundhog Day for them, right? Oh, we yeah. start 0-1. We're going to lose to Cleveland. We'll be 0-3. And the season will be over. Yep. 
Now, then Robert Zach Sala, Wilson will come back. Yeah, <laughs> and Robert Sala hasn't been here for all of that. So no. that's why they're – and the media is the same one. A lot of the media people are all the same people too. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, you got to – we're not asking for a lot of proof, but it's not about words. It's about actually showing something at, here before too long because until you show us something, we're not going to believe you. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Time to go around the major leagues. We hear from both the local managers on this edition of ESPN New York tonight's baseball tonight. For those of you on hold, we'll get to your calls before we turn it over to Freddie and Fitz in just a couple of minutes. But Gordon, we begin at Fenway Park where the... Yankees completed a two-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox 5-3. Of course, Aaron Boone had to be asked about that play in the fifth inning. Gleyber Torres single to right. Hicks scored. Judd scored on the throwing error by catcher Wong. And Torres also scored on the error. So, Boone, uh, how do you weigh in on Glaber's Little League home run? You know, sometimes Glaber thinks he's invisible out there, and sometimes it works. So, just a good job. You know, he, he's fearless. And, you know, once he sees that overthrow, you know, Devers tried to deke him at third base, and he just, in his mind, where that ball was, he knew he was going to take that chance with two outs there. And um, a great job of not slowing down. Gordon, Boston is a train wreck in the field. <laughs> yeah, they've had a lot of plays this year. Remember, the, I mean, they had another series. Remember earlier in the year, the guy lost the ball, and the lights are standing there looking at it, or it bounced 20 feet behind him. <laughs> yeah, they've had a rough rough season for the Red Sox. That's that's a shame. It is. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can feel your pain. <laughs> Nestor Cortez got the win tonight. Five innings, three hits, one run. It was earned two walks, seven strikeouts. 65 pitches, 44 for strikes. Aaron Boone, what'd you see from Nestor? Thought he was good. Gave up, you know, some hard contact there in that first inning, but was real efficient. You know, to be able to get through five, you know, I wasn't going to go past seventy with him. You know, I thought he, I thought he made made pitches too when he had to. Five strong, strong ones to to set us up to to win. Hey, Skipper, he's been consistent all season, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been an all-star through and through. You know, he probably had one little stretch in there, three or four games where, you know, it was a little rough. But, I mean, that's going to happen in the course of the year for all-star level pitchers. That's what he's been. He's pitched like an all-star all year for us. You know, excited that we were able to, you know, avoid anything serious uh, when he did go down. And he's he's obviously going to play a huge role for us moving forward down the stretch here. And hopefully if we can get in the playoffs. Now, Gordon, you had to shake your head on this play. It's, it's the bottom of the eighth. Boston is just getting closer and getting closer. And then J.D. Martinez seems like he beat out a double play, but uh, he forgot to touch first base. That, Gordon, what? <laughs> the, the expanded bases, the larger bases, they, they don't come into effect until next year. So, Aaron Boone, what did you see when Martinez missed first base? From my vantage, I was like, oh, he's safe. Let's hold on. Let's check. And when Mendy told me, you know, what are you saying? Challenge it. I was like, I actually didn't do it right away. I said, what? And and then I said, challenge. I said, so I challenged it. And then we got back on. Webby, what do you got? <laughs> he said, he's out. They're going to, he'll be out. And yeah, sure enough, that was, that was obviously huge. That was a big play in that game, Gordon. It was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I liked how Martinez was standing at first base watching the replay. Like, did I touch the base? Did I not touch the base? I don't know. Let's take a look. You knew you didn't touch the base. Get off the field. 
He knew he didn't touch it, and he oh, was absolutely. embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> he was embarrassed. I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing catch by whoever caught that. Because, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I would never have thought that a major league player would not have touched first base. You know, it's one thing if it's a, like a weird like bunt play or something, it's a weird angle. He's just running down the line. That's the, the way you run down the line every time. And he missed yep. the base. You know what, Gordon, you mentioned it earlier. Clark Smith had a nice job. Two innings, nothing, zeros across except strikeouts, had three. Here's Aaron Boone on Clark Smith's outing. Yeah, I mean, he was he was really good. And, and to come in in that spot, you know, obviously having to right away go through Bogarts, Devers, Martinez, able to do that and then get us through the seventh. You know, the big thing tonight was, you know, we wanted to, if we get, we're only going to go one with low and one with Holmes. And, you know, for, for Clark to pitch as well as he did and, and get the ball to those guys was really good. It was good to see him do it against some lefties too where, you know, he kind of had his way with them too. I tell you, he was, uh, Gordon, he's been getting better and better. I don't know if he's going to be a starter next year or not, but he's good in relief. He certainly, I mean, he kind of looked like King tonight, right? I mean, when King was rolling earlier this year, comes in, couple of innings, just shuts people down, strikes basically everybody out. That's how Clark Schmidt looked tonight. He did. He was dominant. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been waiting for the often duplicated, but never better than the original. It's time for Answers with Aaron. All right, Gordon Damer, you came off this week. You've been phenomenal after having not, not done it for melded. a very long time. Yeah. yeah, for months. Here's what uh, Aaron Boone was asked. This is um, Aaron Boone weighing in on the team's momentum right now. Gordon won eight of ten and four in a row. Ah, so it's just about momentum. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. we started to pick things up. I knew that the guys had it in them. You know, we're getting to the end of the season. You like to see it. Some different contributors tonight. I don't know who he'll mention, but yeah, we're playing a much better brand of baseball and that he never doubted it. And now it's good to see it in, in actual results. Aaron Boone on the team's momentum right now. We're getting better. We're getting healthier. You know, more helps on the way. You know, we know what time of year it is. We know we got to put our best foot forward. So it, it's been good. It's been good to see the guys really, you know, come together as we're still kind of piecing it together with guys. So getting a lot of contributions from everyone right now, and that's important. It is important, Gordon, and you look like a different team, man, when you're scoring some runs. You just do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when they were going through that stretch, it was like it was like pushing a rock up a mountain just to get one run. So, yeah, now that they've scored a couple of runs here, it's amazing. <laughs> you score some runs, things feel a whole lot better. It doesn't feel so flat. And uh, the Yankees, look, no team can go through what they were going through as scoring runs. But they really, I mean, they're it's based on their offense. I mean, that's the biggest part of their team is their offense. And uh it was not carrying its its weight for a good stretch. No, it was not. But they are back and uh, playing very well right now. You'd like to see some more consistency down that lineup, but I'm sure you'll take what you can get right now. We continue now at City Field where the Mets, yes, they lost again to the Chicago Cubs, swept in this series, and they didn't get off to a good start. Peterson gives up six runs in the first inning. Buck weighs in on Peterson's outing. Well, you know, when he gets, uh, it wasn't like he was, I know the numbers will think really wild. He had two pitches that were probably strikes up in the zone. He didn't get the count turned around and uh, just kept waiting for him to get his footing. And he just couldn't seem to find it. You know, there's some mechanical things that he's real, you know, real good when he's able to, to be doing the things right. He knows it. That's why, you know, he pitches so well at times. 
night was a night that he just he just couldn't find his foot and get it going. Kept waiting for him to make some good pitches. You know, you, you just snowballed on him. Couldn't, couldn't get it right. And we did a great job out of the pen. You know, Trevor was great. Tommy, all those guys gave us a chance to get back in it. He did, but they just couldn't get it done offensively, Gordon. And this is becoming a little serious with this Met team right now, not being able to score runs, especially against subpar, subpar opponents. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be dangling it out there for the Braves anymore. It's great that they've cooled off some, but this is the time for you to pick things up and, and kind of put this away with you know less than 20 games to go in the regular season at a stretch where this these are the – I mean, if you can't beat them, who are you going to beat? And this was a golden opportunity, Gordon. Atlanta had lost earlier to Frisco, so the Mets could have put another game between them and their second-place Atlanta team and buck on the Mets not capitalizing on the golden situation. It's that time of year. I've seen it a lot. It doesn't make it any more palatable for us. We don't want it to, to happen to us, but uh, it seems to happen to every team at some point. Uh, we've been able to respond to those challenges. We haven't been able to, to like Pete, find our footing to, to get that consistency we've had all year. So we'll keep chasing that, and uh, I have faith that we'll find it. All right, do you have faith that uh, you can straighten this offense around? It's clearly pressing, isn't it? Oh, I hope so. It's human nature. You got a deadline, you're pressing to, to get it. You know, it is. It's, it's, it's the way life is. It's, can you function when you have that sense of urgency? That's the challenge, and just about in all walks of life. I mean, we all have, you know, we're late for something. You know, can you drive well? I mean, it's kind of what this is. You know, we, there's, we're trying to get to that finish line and, and have a chance to be the last team standing. And all those goals are still there for us. But uh, these are the times that uh, we've had we've had challenges this year. Don't like it. We, 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 don't, we know it hasn't been a, always aesthetically pleasing. But uh, I think because of the time of year and the things that are going on, there's a lot more rightful focus on it. And it's also the fact that Atlanta is finally slowing down that you're not taking, you know, you're not taking advantage of that. If they were still winning, Gordon, if they were winning the way they were before, this team might be two or three games out of first. Yeah, and look, if you had lo- if the Braves had just remained as hot as they were and the Mets lost the division to them, I do think that even while it would have been bad, there would have been a feeling of, I mean, what were we supposed to do? The Braves won every single day. Now you have your opportunity. If you blow it now, it's on you 100%. It's, it's completely your fault if you are not able to put this away. That's going around the ballpark with the local teams. We hear from the managers. We try to do it every night on ESPN New York Tonight. We'll come back and take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York Tonight.